This episode of Friends Fit 40s is a menagerie of fun. We're going to talk about our Disney half marathon updates. We're going to talk all about the tools that we use to make sure that we are measuring our growth and our fitness. And then we're going to talk about setting boundaries in our mindfulness section. Get your notebooks ready. Friends Fit 40s is coming up. Friends Fit 40s is brought to you by Laura Mullenbrook and Stephanie Whiteman. This is a podcast about our fitness and wellness journey. We are two working moms who seek to live our best life. However, we are novices in the world of fitness. We are excited to share our ups, our downs, and our roadblocks. Our journey has led us to emphasize the value of friendship, cooperation over competition, and celebrating the small victories along the way. This podcast is an invitation for you to laugh with us and actively construct your best day today and then again tomorrow. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. So, Laura, give us an update. How's the running coming? Well, we are definitely in the thick of it. So, currently, we've upped our short runs from what they used to be like 20 to 30 minutes to more like three to five miles. And so we're running at least two of those shorter runs a week, in addition to a long run, which is now creeping nine to 10 miles here soon, and then a day of fartlicks or hill workouts. Okay. So for those listeners that are like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. We thought we couldn't either. Yes. And we started running in our 40s. We are not big athletes. Nope. And our 20 minutes at the 4.4 mile an hour two years ago on the treadmill, we've worked at it consistently. And we are doing a short run of three to five miles each time crazy. It's like about two miles in, I want to start cheering and I just want to clap all the way through. <laughs> You're like, look at us. Look yes. what we're doing. Yes. Well, and you know, it's a lot of running. Like it's definitely, we're definitely in that half marathon running training plan because it's more running than we have ever done in a week's time. Yes. And in fact, you know, last week we, we ended up having to do what two long runs within a week, seven day period, which is not typical. We don't usually do that. We do one a week, but it was because of, I was going to be out of town and we were in that last few mile, that last half of that long run. And I was like, man, this is hard. I know you were complaining. And I'm like, why, why is this hard? You know, like, and then I added up in my brain, which folks, I am not the math person Hmm. especially when I'm running. So like when I'm running, I'm just like, oh my gosh, let's just, you know, one foot in front of the other and I'm not doing math in my brain. But I started doing the math because I was like, I don't understand. Why is it so hard? Well, that's when I realized that we'd run a marathon that week. Like we were finishing up a marathon. Like we were getting on 24 miles. How crazy cool is that? 
<laughs> now, I felt like I was going to puke the last three miles pretty much solid. There was nothing fun about our eight-mile run in the back half. The front half was gorgeous. Yes, yes. But that last half, you know, because we were basically doing the last four miles of a marathon. So right. I, you know, they hear I hear about and I read about, like, hitting that brick wall. And I'm like, I mean... Technically, now I know marathon runners, we didn't run the marathon straight. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys all the praise and honor because that's really awesome. And I'm not there yet. And we are bowing down to you. We are. (laughs) But for us, it was a lot of miles within a seven-day period. Yes. So it might as well have been a full marathon. Yes. And while the last part of it was rough, we still felt fantastic the next day. That's right. And that's why we know we're getting stronger. We are. So let's talk about the weights for just a minute, too. Right. So we are trying to every now and then squeeze in a day of weights. If something has to go, it's the weights right now because we know we have to keep working on the speed and endurance to to get that 13.1 miles. Yes. on On our half marathon day. But we are looking into what are the best leg exercises that we can be doing while training for a half marathon. And we know that it's really important to do a lot of single leg exercises. So we're going to be incorporating those in these next less than two months because that's what we're at. We're at like 50 days and a smidgen more. 50 days plus a smidge. That's right. That's almost a Disney song. <laughs> um, we might be singing that maybe in an uh, Instagram uh, post here soon. So we'll update you more on kind of what the best leg exercises that we're finding are for if you're running, if you're training for a half marathon. But we know that single leg exercises are important. But like, again, we said that if something has to go in a week, it's the weights. But Our plan after is to get back to the gym and get back to those weights. Because we know that resistance training, weight-bearing exercise is going to be what's best for us as we continue to age. And we want to make sure that we are entering our mid-late 40s into our 50s, doing all the things we can do to stay healthy. So Laura is counting up our miles. She is figuring out our leg workouts. And you know what I'm doing, Laura? She's making all the reservations. Yes, we have dining reservations this week. They opened up for our marathon weekend, and I am so excited. We have a plan. So we're going to be doing some California grill with the fireworks. We're going to be doing uh, some beaches and cream ice cream. Because why not after you've run 13.1 miles? Yes, we deserve a scoop or two of that fun. We might be doing some Be Our Guest. Uh, All of those things are going to be in the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. And, of course, we're going to do the Avatar ride in Animal Kingdom. So Laura is doing the logistical running stuff. I'm planning the fun because we need a little bit of both. (laughs) Exactly. it's important to measure our progress in a variety of different ways. Oh, most definitely, because you really don't want to rely on one single measuring device, because oftentimes then you're only measuring one aspect of your progress. Right. So in educational research, Laura, they call this triangulation of data. 
Okay, so think of a triangle, guys. We're getting all the aspects of our data. And so you need to have three different points in order to say, hey, this thing is working. So how about five different points? Oh, you know what? Five is even better. Is it's that a, a, pe- a pentagon- pentagonal? Pentagation? Pentag- something. Triangulation. Pentagulation. Pentag- there you go. We've invented a new word. Yep. And we're dating it with the pentagulation style. <laughs> go ahead, Laura. She's got five. So one of our tools that we're using is the classic scale. And I, I we use the scale as just a way to kind of monitor what we're weighing, but it is not our one and only. And I think a lot of people tend to use that scale as their one and only measuring device. And I think it, it can be really hard for that, for you to allow that because it's, there are so many reasons why that number can go up and it's not because you've gained fat. Right. Yeah. Uh, fluids, alcohol. Foods that you eat. Yes. You know, and so... Salt. Yes. Yes. Well, and I just learned actually from another podcast, because remember, I had that 20-minute drive and I listened to some podcasts in the morning, that alcohol can make the scale go up, not necessarily the next day, but like two days later. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Hmm. Who knew that? Who knew? I know. So... I mean, so just something to be aware of when when you're having a glass or two. One of the things that I did for a while, which I think I need to get back to, is I weighed myself on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then I would just kind of look at that as a kind of barometer, kind of, is this where I want to be? And I didn't obsess over it beyond that. If on those Tuesdays or Fridays, kind of the average, if those numbers weren't what I wanted to see, then I was able to kind of tweak something, make some adjustments. You know, I was doing something similar like twice a week because that's not something I'm monitoring super closely right now is my fat loss. But I do think that those two days a week consistently, two days a week, same time can be helpful. And you did have a trainer one point say not to weigh yourself at all while you're menstruating. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. So that's something to keep in mind. All right. Scale is one. What's another metric that you use? We're using that speed on the treadmill. So thanks, Daylight Savings Time. We've had Mm. to go back to the treadmill on our evening runs. Remember, we're working all day and now it's dark. Yep. And so we can't do a three to five mile run and, and then be light when we're done and to be safe and all that stuff. So we're back on that treadmill. Thank goodness for long runs. We can do it on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> that number. I love seeing that number because I kind of round it up or round it to like five, four, four and a half, five, even though we do, you know, 4.7, 5.2. But I think of that number and I look at that number because I remember the first time we were ever on a treadmill, we were like 4.5. Like, and that was like pretty good. And like at the end of like a fart lick when you first introduced me to the fart Vic Newton way back when, and we'd get to like five and it'd be like, whew, okay. And you know, we're like out of breath. And now like we're basically starting at five. Yes. (laughs) Or even higher. And so like, I can just see that number and I'm like, well, look at that progress. You look at how some of the end runs of a fart lick is up into the sixes and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't even thought about doing that two years ago when we started on the treadmill. So that is 
just a big sign of progress because the number is different. And we're starting at the speed that was the fast speed. That's our now starting speed. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. So here's something else that I do to kind of note progress. In my calendar, I have a little mini habit tracker. Now, remember, guys, I create my own calendar. I do it on Publisher. It's a big deal. It's tons of fun for me. Spend hours and hours and hours and like had over five years or six years perfecting it. It's never perfect, but it's it's what I have in the moment. So I have a mini habit tracker on my weekly plan sheets, and I can track five habits across the course of a week. And then I can take my fun color pens and I can color them in. And so the more multicolor squares that I have on my habit tracker, the more things I've been able to do that are on my goals. My goal is always to walk the dog. Okay. And then I add a couple of other things as well. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. So you get some a bright, colorful grid yes. if you've done your, your habits. Yes. And then I can look over the course of the weeks and see how many habits I've been able to fulfill and how many I want to add and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, quick question for anybody out there who wants to do something similar. It's like one day blue, one day yellow, doesn't matter which habit you're tracking. Exactly. Okay. The colors are all over the place. It's just, it just, the colors are... It's a collage. It's a rainbow. Yes. Okay. It's a rainbow. Okay. Intentional. Something else I do, and this is another reason why I don't use that scale as my one and only, is because I can step on the scale and maybe see a higher number, but then I go and I'm thinking, I'm going to just try on this pair of pants that maybe, you know, hasn't fit real great. And I put it on and I'm like, well, look at that. Like, they fit and they have room and they're not too tight. It's like, okay. So that is a, a way I track progress because how your clothes fit or measurements um, can tell you more than what the scale does. Yes. And it, that can be really exciting to go and put on something that maybe was a little too snug a couple weeks ago, and now it's not. And you know that something's working at that point. Conversely, there are times where I put on something that fit a while ago and they don't fit now. And I think, wow, Stephanie, you must have had some fantastic weekends. There you go. And, but it's also data. And you're like, yeah. okay, so if I don't want this item of clothing to feel this way the next time I wear it, what do I need to change? Yeah. And I consciously give myself grace because this life is always about making your best day. And so my two snug pants go off, my comfy ones go on, and I figure out how to make this day my best day. Well, and I think that's something that you have to realize in all of this is that it's the journey. Mm -hmm. Yes. The journey is over time. Yes. And so it's not one moment. It's not one day. It's not one pair of pants. It's not one scale reading, but you have to look at it over time and enjoy the journey. Our last of our five tools, because we don't want to leave you hanging, is using my fitness pal. Oh, yeah. To yeah, I like food. that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that that's just, I mean, that's just kind of a little bit of that habit tracker. Like, it's just writing that down. Because when you see it, I think you're more aware of it. Yeah. I completely agree. And my fitness pal is free. Yes. It does all of your macronutrient counting, um, some micronutrient counting as well. So it's just a really good tool. I like it a lot. It gives you lots of information. It does. Ways to just see trends. So yeah. I think it's, it's a great tool and pretty easy to use. Yes. So another little metric for your journey 
as you are pentagulating your farfignugans. So, Laura, for this segment of mindfulness, we're going to talk about setting boundaries. So not the type of boundaries where we're like putting a cage around us. No, not those boundaries. Or in the series You on Netflix where they have like a glass box. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, but not that kind of boundaries. No, not that kind of boundaries. Okay, so tell us what kind of boundaries. Setting boundaries for yourself. So here's a little bit of backstory on this. I took a class this past semester that was for public librarians, and it was all about being self-compassionate. Well, let's hear more. This class was about self-care and mindfulness and all of those things that you can do to help yourself as you are supporting the public and all of their needs as well, especially during this time, which can be a little bit more stressful than maybe other times or chapters in our lives. Right. So one of the things that they talked about was setting boundaries. Now, I think that probably 90% of our listeners are familiar with this idea of setting boundaries. But for me, it was a huge aha moment. Okay. And so I thought about mindfulness and self-care. I've thought about taking lots of bubble baths, having my journal, being grateful, counting all of the friends that I've had and spending time with those, all of those things I think I've been able to think about and consciously do. But I didn't realize that setting boundaries was also a way of taking care of myself. To protect your your well-being and, and your mind. So for me, it was like this fuzzy image that all of a sudden became clear. It was just like this huge light bulb aha moment. I'm going to learn more about this and I'm going to try out this thing. So I read this book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, by Red I Mean Listened to on my way to work. The author of this book is Nidra Tawab, and she is a counselor, a therapist of some kind, and she basically lays it all out there in this book, along with taglines and things that you can say to folks as you're setting your boundaries. Oh, perfect. So just like kind of little ways to work on that goal because you need you need the language because the language is probably one of the hardest parts. Yes. Yeah. I think the language probably is the one of the hardest parts. And then also the idea that when you set boundaries, how are you going to do it in a way where you don't feel bad? Right. There are lots of different kind of boundaries that you can set. I mean, you can set boundaries for your time. You can set boundaries in terms of how much you're willing to share You can set boundaries in terms of how much you're willing to do for people. For me, I started thinking about my time and how much time I have in my day and what boundaries I want to set so that I am creating enough time to process information and process the things I'm doing. So one of the things that I also learned in this class is that you need time to expand, and that's when you're doing all kinds of things, and then you need time to contract And just allow yourself to process or breathe or do all those other things like within yourself. And so there is just a flow of busy where some seasons you're super busy and other seasons you are kind of feeding yourself the way that animals hibernate or 
plants kind of grow in their roots and then they grow in their flowers and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because you have to have time to process the busy in order to keep going. Otherwise, you're you're probably going to have a stroke or something. Right, and in order to be creative and to be able to continue doing the things that you want to do. And, and live, live a, life. a full, happy, yeah. Life. And so I think that for me, the time boundaries and thinking about that there's a season mm-hmm. that I don't have to be equally busy for all of the times that in, I'm going to be in a season of expanse and in a season of contraction was really helpful for me to frame my days and also frame my habits. So I've had some practice setting boundaries. This is hard. It's work. Yeah, yeah, it's work. And it's a lot of evaluating. Like, is this where I want to be spending my time right now? Is this the moment in this month, in this year? Is this the thing that I want to be doing in this moment? So those are the kinds of thinking that I've been doing as I've been working on those boundaries. And I would absolutely recommend this book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, if you are somebody that wants to put to thought those things as well. All right, Laura, now it is time for our weekly homework. And don't worry, we won't make you run enough miles to equal a marathon. Oh, but that would be fun. I don't know how many listeners we'd have next week. How about if you pentagulate something? Okay, maybe that. (laughs) What is five different things that you can use to measure one thing? All right. So, Laura, one of the things that we were talking about with boundaries is figuring out how you spend your time. Yes. So if you think of your day in like a pie chart... How much time do you spend doing uh, work with your kids? How much time do you spend walking the dog? Driving. Right. Cooking. Yeah. So just start keeping track. Maybe two days, maybe three days of how you're spending your time. Because that's a metric you can use in order to evaluate where your boundaries might be. Right. And what you might need to set. Yes. Where you might need to cut back and where you might need to add. So just a simple little thing, although it's going to take a little bit of time to do it. It will. And it'll probably get easier as you work on it. Yes. So with that, enjoy your week. Go. Move. Breathe. Share kindness with others. You got this. love friends fit 40s subscribe to our podcast leave a review and share the podcast with your friends tag us when you share so we know you are enjoying our work also follow us on instagram feel free to email us at friendsfit40s at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments we'd love to hear from you 